We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Sanders gets it left side. Big room and a touchdown for Sanders. His second. Throws to the end zone. Touchdown. Adam Thielen makes the catch. Throws over the middle. It's caught by the former Raven. Hayden Hurst reaches for the goal line. In for the touchdown. Deep one. End zone. Caught. Touchdown. DJ Chark, the over-the-shoulder grab. And now Brady under pressure, and he's brought down. Back at the 27-yard line by Brian Burns. And it's picked. J.C. Horn. Panthers have it, and will score. It's taken into the end zone by Jeremy Chin. Bryce Young, off play action, deep ball, into the end zone. Oh, what a throw on the money for the touchdown. Panthers fans, how we doing today? Feeling a little better? Nursing those wounds from Monday night? Come on in here. It's a little therapy session. It's the Roar Podcast brought to you by Blue Wire. We are sponsored by prizepicks.com. I'm John Ellis. We've got Billy Marshall on deck giving you all the insights from a tough game for the Panthers. Home opener under the lights. Bryce Young's home debut. And of course, social media. Many of those out there in social media, at least. Hitting the panic button. It's par for the course. Team is 0-2 right now. We're going to talk about what the proper level of reaction should be, at least from our perspective, in terms of analyzing Young's play and the offensive structure, not only the play calling, but the play designs as well. We're going to talk about some of the key players in this game. We've graded every position group on tape. We'll talk about those position groups, including Frankie Lou, who big number 49, was electric in this game. Unfortunately, his running mate Shaq Thompson is out for the season now, according to Frank Reich. And, of course, it wouldn't be a war podcast with out of Q&A. We've got your mailbag questions. We're going to answer as many as we can today. Let's get ready to move forward. As Bill Belichick says, we're on to Seattle. It's the Roar Podcast right here on Blue Wire. Welcome to another episode of The Roar brought to you by Blue Wire. I'm your host, Billy Marshall, joined by my co-host, John Ellis. John, how are you? Uh, Bill, I'm doing good. I'm doing better than a lot of Panthers fans, apparently, today. Uh, keeping a, a level head, as always, on this show. Uh, we're here to uh, to be your therapist, so to speak, in terms of analyzing an 0-2 start for a team that a lot of people, look, it's house divided. Are they rebuilding? Are they not? I can't wait to talk about all this with you, but that was, uh, that was a tough sledding type of watch last night offensively. A uh, lot to get to. Yeah, uh, for sure. And... I'll, I'll just start out with my own sentiment and um, yeah, I'm not sure where this discussion originated as far as 
rebuild or not rebuild. I have my own thoughts that I'll share later. Like I said, um, you know, with all due respect to the color commentators, uh, I think it was Fowler, Orlovsky, and Riddick. I just, uh, I prefer watching the game on mute. Sometimes I even have the uh, local radio uh, station on just to kind there of... There you go. Support your local radio. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, NFL Plus, you can Hell hear yeah. all the radio. Hell yeah. That's where um, it's at. But um, but yeah, so I'll get to that. So I really didn't understand what they were saying, but I, I've seen the sentiment uh, across my Twitter feed. But as it relates to this game, John, I, I've been very consistent in that I'm going to give this offensive operation three weeks until I judge it. And I'm when I mean judge, I mean everything. Is it three um, or four? I thought it was four. Now, <laughs> okay, I, I'm I'm willing to do four, but <laughs> fucking I mean. Yeah. I would be lying to you if I didn't mention that last night was alarming in several yeah, aspects. Definitely. Um, and I would, I just think like, you know, play designs, skill players, that's one thing. The biggest issue to me was just the operation. Why are plays getting called on time? Why are you burning timeouts in situations in a close game like this? Like, and again, I don't know who to blame for that. That was a persistent problem under Coach Rule's administration, and we called that out, whether it was uh, Joe Brady calling plays or whether it was uh, McAdoo. And so for our own sanity and consistency, it deserves to be brought out. This is supposed sure, yeah. to be a professional uh, football coach organization now with all of the money you've spent into this um, on that side of the ball. I mean, why are you having issues that should be day one install yeah. back in the spring? I mean, you drafted Bryce in April. He had all OTAs, mini camp, training camp. That kind of stuff bothers me more than some of the other things that I witnessed, and I'll get to those in a minute. But overall, man, it's just been – it's the same old, same old with this offense. We thought preseason you shouldn't overreact to it because it wasn't really much. They weren't really giving it away, which fair. I, I can agree with that. But man, it, it is there are things happening um with the offense that concerns me about the future of the quarterback because I hope, and again, I'm just giving you my perspective. I hope he isn't developing bad habits. And by that I mean we're seeing a similar situation in Chicago. Whatever you think about you know, the quarterback over there, he's developed bad habits for two or three years because of the situation around him, and now he's really struggling in a pretty much make-or-break year. My concern level is still at a three or four out of ten. I'm not, I'm not there yet, but I'm just worried that you know the skill, talent, the scheme, everything, it's not conducive to – success i mean you're certainly there are going to be rookie mistakes here and there but the holding the ball on too long trying to you know run away from nfl level mm. you know yeah. defenders like you know those are things that should not be happening and again he'll make mistakes i get that but i'm just a little worried about everything that's going on with this offense and um you know it led to what we saw last night and you know i'll try to you know present a more optimistic scenario i did think the last drive of the yeah. game was encouraging he made some nice throws 
Um, but overall, no, somebody man, that, told Darren Prevent though Billy doesn't count. I mean, come yeah, on. no, look, I mean, I thought he he, he, did, he did a good what job. He was asked to do and it's a hell of a throw to touchdown pile on there. Yeah, that sail route to Mingo was very you know impressive. Um, you know, but overall, John, I just think like you know this offense, it's it's certainly a worry for me. And again, I'm not I'm not making the comparison. I'm just telling you the production from a production standpoint. That was very reminiscent of games that I saw with when Jimmy Clausen was a QB. And again, yep. I'll be very clear. No. I'm not making that comparison. Well, no. I'm just telling but... you that type of production. Well, I haven't seen it since 2010. Yeah. And look, here, here's what I think. There's an important conversation to be had about this. Number one, again, I, I'm not interested so much, at least from my angle, in, in going berserk over the top. And I know you're not either. And you've always been like the level head dude on this show. And also not giving anybody a pass. Look, I'm fortunate enough to have credentials this year for the Fox I Heart Radio. And, and I was talking to Frank today in the presser, the Zoom. And I asked him about Frankie Louvu, among other things. You know, others like Mike or and Joe and all those guys are sort of pressing him a little bit more on, you know, what, what are we doing offensively? What, what's the idea? What's the Andy Dalton package? What, what is this? I've got some updates on that, by the way, we can talk about. Uh, it's interesting. Uh this is look when you go to training camp and you cover it this is why i'm always weary to to give too much like deep dive detail on like day-to-day stuff because until number one you see like another team come to your turf and kick you in the teeth a little bit you really don't get a true sense of who you are as a team and then you get that first preseason game which again that can be misleading but maybe not so much for carolina when the jets came to town against their first team offense and they boat raced them right out of the building and that concerned me when that happened. This offensive line, and I was talking to a guy that you and I both know, and you know who he is, and he's a former Eagle scout, and he knows the Frank Reich operation. We're not going to say his name on the show, but he's, he's very reputable. And I've talked to him a little bit about this today. And he said, you know, Frank, some people don't view him as a great play caller. They, they view him as a, a guy that can be the CEO type. That's not a conversation that I really want to have tonight. We can. I can tell you, Frank is not giving up the dinner menu right now. Now, if that happens mid-season, that feels like it's got David Tepper written all over it. And I hope that doesn't happen for that sake. I don't know if Thomas Brown is ready, but what we're seeing so far, my concerns were in the Jets game. That was flat. There were concepts there that were vanilla. Okay, that's preseason. Got it. You come into that Atlanta game. It's twofold for me. Number one, the operational issues and the situational penalties. What was critical in that game, and it probably cost them the game in a lot of ways, Sam Franklin, the special teams captain, gets a holding out of bounds on a punt that was shanked. And then they get two other penalties outside of that, one of which was on Bryce, and and Bryce took ownership of it. But you've got to protect your rookie quarterback by getting the damn play call in. How many times did we talk about that under rule and even under Rivera at times? There is no reason for that staff. And again, I like these guys. But, and they know this, too. Frank is very stand-up about this stuff. He doesn't deflect. He said they got to be better. But you can only say that so many times. Week two is here. Week three is down the road. There's no reason for the tempo not to be there. Well, look back at Alabama. I was looking at games today. Like O'Brien, they had the call in. Again, it's college. But, you know, Bryce had a clean operation there. And you're right about the amount of money and capital spent on this offensive staff. They have a big hand in this right now. McCown, Thomas Brown, starts with Frank Reich, of course, Sean Jefferson. I know there's not the, the most dynamic playmakers on the perimeter. But again, this is some of this is Mickey Mouse stuff. 
Like, they come out in the first play of the game, Billy, and they're in pistol, and they're running pistol a lot, and that's fine. I, maybe you have an opinion on that. I, I don't know. But they're running pistol. It's two by two, two tight ends, two wide, and, and they run like a – they run a sale. They run an OVS concept to Tommy Tremble. The Tremble's underneath, actually, and they're running Ian sort of out to the sale, and they've got two verticals. It's a shot play, which is great, but you've got two young tackles, uh, two young guards in there, and neither one of them held up. And within three and a half seconds, when you're trying to take a vertical shot, when Ian Thomas cannot get any separation, you're already, you know, almost taking a sack there. That was a precursor of just what was going to be a game to me that Billy resembled in a lot of ways aesthetically and in just flow of the game. The Saints game against the Panthers on Monday night back in 2018. Cam Newton, when he couldn't throw the ball more than five yards, it felt like that. There were routes, buddy, late in the game or early in the game where Bryce is scrambling, and there was a play, I think, where, where Thielen or Mingo ran into Sanders on the sideline. They collided. There's routes near the end zone where there's two or three guys literally together in the same area of the field. And look, I, I'm no <laughs> Bill O'Brien, but I, I know route concepts when I see it. There is just some broken stuff going on here. One more point I'll make, and we'll get into some of the stats here. Uh, our good buddy Mike K, you know, hats off to him. He likes a good debate, and we love Mike. But Mike pressed, you know, Frank on this. Nobody else did, and I wish I had the gall to do it or, the, or you know, really the mindset to do it. Look, it's a passing league. I get that, but they ran the ball how many times in this game? What, 13, 14 times? And they gave up on it. This game was 6-3 to three at halftime. You had some good runs early. Um, how do you get a Quanu going? How do you get this young combo of guards going? Now you got three guards playing at once. You get them out in space, get them running a little bit. Let camp and cook with these guys. I don't know, man. They're not insulating Bryce at all. These weapons are, are, are just not consistent. Thielen is good in the red zone. We talked about that all offseason. He's a red zone threat. He's good in short space, but he got pretty good separation last night at some routes. Mingo's so far not doing too good, but it's a young season for him. Marshall's nowhere to be found. The tight ends are not involved at all, which we asked Frank about. We asked Bryce about last night. Bryce said, and I didn't put this on Twitter. I didn't want people to read it the wrong way. He said, that's not a me call. Um, and Bryce didn't mean it that way. But if you put it on Twitter, people are going to say, well, there it is. Give the play sheet to Thomas Brown. Billy, it's not good. The defense is playing too well. Shaq Thompson's now out for the year. Um, th- there's no splinter in the locker room. They like him. They like uh, the coach. They, they respect him. It's, it's a tight-knit group. It's, 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 Bryce is fine. Mentally, he's fine. Physically, he's fine. But he's getting hit a lot. And he, if they're going to run this much vertical stuff in the passing game and this much empty with, with you know, five-man protections and eliminate the running game after you pay Miles Sanders, um, I'm just speaking on behalf of the fans. You know, God damn, just let's get simplify. You, you're, you're overcomplicating this whole damn offense to the point where, what do you got to show for it? 17 points one game, 10 points the other? Eddie Pinheiro is your main source of manufacturing points right now. So I'm frustrated for the fans, but I would encourage you just let's pump the brakes on wanting to fire everybody. Let's pump the brakes on giving up on Young. And look at the stat sheets for C.J. Stroud and Richardson if you want. We'll we'll be talking about that for years, I'm sure. Um, I just say, look, the NFL— You you know me, bro. I was—never mind. Hey, look, I'll be—I'll stand up. I was C.J. Stroud for a while, and then I turned the corner on Bryce Young, and I said, look, all things considered, it makes sense with Reich and this staff, and it's just not clicking yet. And that's this by the time they get into week one, 
I don't expect them to throw Cam Newton numbers the first two weeks of the season. They don't. He doesn't have the weapons Cam had that first year. They had everybody. But I expect more than this. This offensive line is bad, and the operation, that's the best way I've heard it put yet. It's just not clean. I don't know what to attribute it to other than Frank typically starts slow. They always start slow under Reich, and he usually rallies. So maybe that's just part of the DNA there. I like him a lot. I, I'm, it's not personal. It's just he understands, you know, you got to do better than this. Yeah, well, nothing is personal here. I mean, I'm just saying, I, I was just Sanders. pointing out that you and I were very vocal supporters of Shane Steichen. So, I, we I mean, were. Well, that's true. Well, and Ben I, I Johnson. What ben happened Johnson, there, it seemed like there was some reporting about a bad interview, which is baloney in my opinion. Now, that, uh, you just know, because, I mean, looking at what they're doing, it seems like... Hey. I'll you be just let me interrupt. I, I wanted Ben Johnson from the beginning because my boss knows him from AC, uh, whatever high school in Asheville. He went up there and I, I, I love his offense. So, but when they got Reich and they, they started staffing the way they did, uh, you know, we all got stars in our eyes. And I think, you know, fans are disappointed because they expected that to translate immediately into wins when players play. And right now it's just not that good because the offensive line, I mean, this Saints defensive line just gave him hell last night. I mean, they gave him hell. Yeah, and, and the thing is, is like, I don't necessarily think this Saints defensive line is that good. Like, Brace, Brisset and Foskey, two starters, are both rookies. Like, and it's not like either one of them were like top ten picks. Yeah, Br- like, yeah, I know, Br- I know, Brisset was good. like a top yeah. five yeah. high school player, but he, I mean, these aren't. Yeah, it's not Chris Jones yeah. here. I mean, I yeah, get it. exactly. So it's just like. I mean, I don't know. And, and that the biggest thing with the running game is this. Last year, you established an identity with a head with the excuse me, with an offensive coordinator that his history comes from throwing the ball a lot. Exactly. But you were able to establish an identity that you're gonna, you know, create this physical monster and run the ball. And it didn't matter who the running back was. I mean, their running game after they traded McCaffrey with you know, the guys like Hubbard, Blackshear, and whoever else was part of that rotation. It was a thing of beauty. That Seattle game, I, I mean, it, it was just awesome to but watch. the Detroit game, they ran for 350 yards. Exactly. So, I mean, was that just a Steve Wilkes thing? Was that, I mean, I mean, the offensive hey, look, line coach hey, is still here. Hey, I'm going to tell you right now, well, you're missing, uh, Corbett's probably the best guard they've had here in a while. So, I mean, look, one guy doesn't make the whole thing go, but... I think he's much better than what they've got in there right now. And I like Cade, and I like, you know, I, I guess Throckmorton's a pretty good guy too, but I, I don't know much about him. In fact, I'm going to just repeat myself here. I don't know much about Throckmorton. I just know Cade Mays was drafted from Tennessee. I know Zavala is a good prospect. But their, Christensen was a solid guard in that rotation last year. Zavala's going to be fine, I think, although there's some moments of growth there. Last year, Billy, you know the deal. I mean, it started with the Rams game where it was horizontal passing, but then they realized, okay, here's our best way to win. We want to win. We don't want to screw around. These guys are hungry to compete. And by the way, the division sucks. We might sneak in the playoffs. They damn near did. Um, they took the air out of the ball, and they, they insulated their quarterback, and they played to this offensive line strength. This offensive line, we talked about this, Billy. It's constructed for what they did last year. Aquanu, uh, Bozeman in particular, these guys that did have – uh, the, the the center gravity and the frame they do and the kind of the the playing style uh, in the, the the traits these are run blockers they're road graders and then you pay Miles Sanders which I, I'm going to be honest I don't dislike him I I didn't quite get it at the time 
Um, if you're not going to use him in the way maybe Philly used him early on, which is screen game, let's get the you know the, the the wheel routes going with him and run the ball with him. You paid him the money. You've got good offensive linemen. They know how to get in space. The great equalizer for an injured offensive line. We saw this with Handgardner and those guys back there. Remember with Fox? When those guys got hurt, they bring in Handgardner or Schwartz. Run it. Just freaking run it, and you'll be fine. You keep these guys on their heels all day. And then the other complicating factor that the scout told me last night, Bryce, man, you got to get used to how to pass block for this guy because he can get a little dodgy at times, and he likes to create, and it's a different element. And that's what we talked about preseason, at least I did. Don't assume Campen's going to roll in here and they're just going to bully people up. That he's got to understand a whole new offensive scheme, and they've got to understand that preseason games are going to be what they're going to be. When the lights come on, you've got two tough divisional opponents who, you know Ryan Nielsen, you know Dennis Allen. These guys are cut from the same cloth. It's the same exact structure almost. And they just got after it. And it, it's just, it's very, it's very concerning that, they couldn't have won these games or they really just kind of beat themselves up on this shit. It's just credit to Atlanta, credit to the Saints, but damn, that, that game last night was right in their hands and it's almost like they're asking to lose. And it's it's so weird because you're coming from the Matt Rule era where that was all about just incompetence. Um, Frank's a good coach. He's a good enough coach where he's beaten some good teams on the road. He's been in the playoffs, but man, nothing's guaranteed, man. Every year's different. That's the whole point about last year being what it was. Everybody's saying, well, we were one game out of the playoffs. Well, it's a new year, and you got three teams at 2-0, and and they're pretty damn good. So, you know, maybe you should uh, reevaluate your expectations for this year, fans. And it's early, but maybe get your you know, expectations calibrated around maybe like Billy and I do. Analyze the quarterback. Let's see his growth, and, and playoffs will be when they're going to be. I, I just I didn't see it preseason, and it's, this team is way too flawed operationally, offensively, and they don't have any separation in the passing game consistently. Well, and again, that just gets back to just so many of the issues that are currently compounding this team. And I just don't understand why they have, I mean, even just running the ball, I think it matters, but I also think how you run the ball matters. And what I'm watching right now are the same. Some of the biggest names in sports. South Carolina Gamecocks. So like, how do you like the best way to fit? And I just don't get it. Like I watched some of you know Reich's teams in Indianapolis, and they had a pretty diverse run game. I'm just not seeing that line. here. Yeah, they, I mean they had Jonathan Taylor too, and he used him. I get that, but it's like I, I'm I'm a little tired of these excuses about he had this, he had that. Like, no, 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 no. I'm saying they have Miles. Miles is a big money back. I mean, this is what I'm saying. I'm not comparing him to Taylor. I'm saying you've got a back you paid pretty good running back money for no i'm with you i mean there's no need to I just, be i don't i don't get it like it's still a close game yes like at least just try to run the ball like i don't care if you have to do it three times like try to establish some body blows because right now you have a quarterback that is struggling all right you have a quarterback that is struggling and it, you have to protect him and it's going to open up other areas of the field and uh, yeah, for me, is... for my money right now, I don't think they are doing a very good job with play sequencing, play design. I agree. And certainly they're not playing to the player's strengths. And so right That's now, the, the, like the third point is the biggest point that the player's strengths, they're playing away from them. All of them, even Bryce. Yeah, if I'm a defensive coordinator, I'm just you know, going to play man coverage against these yeah. wide receivers and hope they beat me. Because, <laughs> I mean, look, 
Adam Thielen had how many targets last night? Nine? Seven uh, or nine? Thielen ended up, let me get it for you. He had uh, nine targets, seven receptions, 7.7 7 yards per yeah, catch. That's just, that's just, look, that that is just unacceptable. That's, it's small ball. It's not, not even Ricky Pro was was in that territory. Look, look, Adam Thielen, let's just be real. He's not Adam Thielen 2017. All right? This not. guy, with all due respect, he's, is, is he's a good number three, number watch, two. He's, but I don't think he's very good. And I, I'm very consistent in my analysis with that chark is chark he's not 100 healthy i could yeah. tell last night big surprise and, and mingo is a developing player and he has struggles as well so overall like you there just has to be a better like execution and game plan and um i just think they're making life very hard on bryce young when his best pass catchers are a um kind of diminishing adam thiel and hayden hurst and Hurst didn't really get his first target until like the fourth quarter. No, he was so, shut out for a while. And that was because. So I'm just, it's just, I'm very, very disappointed with this coaching staff right now. Um, obviously, I, I think it also comes down to the personnel that this front office has given the coaching staff. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's just a bad mix. And what? right now, like, yeah. I'm honestly like, a little disturbed at just how poorly they played, and and, and you offer. I, I, I you need should, to see it to believe yeah, it. Exactly. When it comes to getting better, because I'm not going to predict them to play better in the future weeks until I see it. Well, there, there's there's no need to because it, you're looking at a schedule coming up again. I, I'm I'm in the mindset this year more than ever, one week at a time. Like Belichick said, Seattle, Seattle. That's all I'm thinking about. I, you know, I know Vikings with Brian Flores loom and and Brian. Last time we saw him defensively in Carolina, he cooked up Cam Newton pretty good. And this line's looking a little more like that than the one last year. Then again, um, you know, you are what you are. And this line is, is once again, they're playing away from their strengths. Moten, again, is a good uh, pass blocker, but he got cooked a little bit last night at times. And Cam Jordan still got it. Again, this is not a world-beater front seven. I think Granderson had the uh, front four, at least. The, Granderson had the strip sack on Young. Another critical turnover in a bad situation. Um, it's I'm seeing a, a, a just an incohesiveness to this offense that should not be that way. But it's the chicken or egg. What is it? Is it incohesive because they finally realized, well, we line up in NFL games. The quarterback is new to this league as any rookie is, and he does not have the design that – Steichen has given Richardson because Richardson can withstand that. He's built for that game. It's perfect up there. It's gimmicky. Yes, I get it. But it's yeah, it's not gimmicky at the same time. It's built to his strengths. It's brilliant. And I yeah, said from the beginning. That's my issue. Like, why can't I, they develop an offense like that? Well, that's the thing. What does that look like? It doesn't look like this. This is not anything. And again, we talked about the one thing that impressed me as much as anything with Bryce last year with O'Brien in Alabama is the receivers there were not as good as they were in the past. And, and relative to competition, you know, Bryce is used to this. But this is like, look, I'm not trying to be comical here, but this is Keystone Cop stuff I'm seeing. I'm seeing guys falling down on their own after routes. You know, Hubbard does that at times. I'm seeing guys running into each other. And it's just an absolute disappointment so far. Not that they're losing, but the fact that they're this, I, I'm not going to use the word unprepared or unprofessional. I would never do that. But this inconsistent with the execution. It's very elementary. It's it's basic shit. And it's so frustrating. I think that's what got fans so pissed off right now. And I get it. And look, P- 
people can say, oh, here comes the negative Roar podcast. I don't give a shit. We're fair. We're always fair. And I think everybody's kind of in the same boat right now. I've been as optimistic about a lot of things as, as anybody out there in terms of with Young. I saw enough on tape. I watched the whole tape twice. He's doing what he can. But you can poison a quarterback real quick, as you said. We've seen it with other guys by putting him in bad situations early. Burrow survived it. Um, it was bad early there. But they still had some weapons they were building around. They, they don't have any dynamic playmakers. Al Wallace was sitting beside me at the game, former Panthers defensive, and he kept saying to me, take a shot, take a shot. And look, a couple times Bryce has taken a shot, and, and Al made this observation too, the throws are just a little flat. Again, I can't nitpick on Bryce, but he's missed a couple shots. But there's not a lot of shots there. They eventually took one and got a P.I., but there's just a reluctance right now. I, I'm a little disappointed in, in Bryce in so much that there are times where I think there are throws that are there in real time, and then I go back and watch the All-22, and it's like, I don't know. I think Bryce sees something there where he's kind of scarred by those two picks. He knows ball security is key. He doesn't want to throw another pick, and I get it. You got Chenault. I don't know what they're doing with him. I have no idea what they're doing deployment-wise with him. He's at fullback at times. They've got him wide. They do an orbit motion but not incorporating him in any sort of misdirection. The angles are bad. There's no good spacing out there. And, and Sanders, again, he's a 1,200-yard he's a running back that they're barely using. Um, it's early. I get it. And give the Saints credit because I don't think they give up a lot of points at all. But th- that defense could have been had. They could have been had. They had shots. Um, yeah, look, I'm not like that defense is certainly good, but I don't think they're not by any stretch of the no. imagination they're this good. <laughs> it's not they're the, only allowing it's one not the best you're not the games. best you're going to face. I can tell you that. Yeah, so that, I don't think they're good. Like in the fact that one touchdown in two games like defines them. I don't think they're that good. Um, yeah, as far as Chanel's concerned, I, I don't think he's a solution to anything on the receiving end. But I, I do think that they need to use him more when it comes to running the football, get Agreed. him in the lined up in the backfield yep. and just run the ball. Like he's their best power to, back. I'm, he's their I'm best power back. I'm just trying to think of solutions to jumpstart your offense because the offense, I'm going to be real with you. The passing offense is not going to be jumpstarted. No, anytime it won't. soon. No, it's going to look like this for a while. No, I, I just, I don't see it. I don't know where the help the, I mean, the help is certainly not coming in the form of pass catchers anytime soon, not until next March or yeah. April when the offseason returns. Yeah. Um, you know, the offensive line, yeah, like there are some guys that could come back and, you know, they could certainly, you know, help out in, in a couple areas. But, um, but yeah, they just need to kind of really play into their strengths, figure out a way to run the ball, and then set up play action. We'll do that same formula that you were yeah. implementing last year with the – you know, and, Baker Mayfields and P.J. Walkers yeah. and Stan Darnolds of the world. People keep saying you need Foreman back. Look, Foreman's on the bench with the Bears, and I like Deontay Foreman, but this is more about the structure, your your blocking schemes and your, and your blocking attitude and your commitment to the running game, which, again, running with a purpose is much more important than running for just running. You have to be able, like Billy, last night in the fourth quarter at some point, I was telling, one stat I always like to keep in the press box and I've done this since high school days where I covered high school. What's your average yard to gain on second down? It's a simple elementary stat. At one point, it was 9.7 yards for the Panthers. Oh second goodness. and 9.7. That's hell. People talk about third down. It's hell. They ran the ball six times on first down in the game. They averaged 1.7 yards per carry 
on those. And one of those was a 10-yard holding call that didn't even count. It's awful. And yeah, it's unacceptable. I, you know, and I, I, I just, I like so much of what they have in place there, but culture means zip until you start winning. Yeah, look, it's it's very just frustrating to watch. And um, again, it, I do think there are ways to mitigate what we've been witnessing. I mean, just look at, you know, Thomas Brown's former team, the Rams. I mean, they got a, found a guy in the fifth round of the draft, Pukunakua, and suddenly, you know, he's putting up all these crazy numbers. Now, yes, yeah. I, I certainly agree that Stafford is a much more accomplished and physically um, you know, better quarterback. But again, that's my intrigue with Thomas Brown comes from the fact that I'm seeing all of these McVay guys, a guy that he worked under, mm-hmm. have a lot of success in the NFL calling plays, whether that's Sean or McDaniel or LaFleur or O'Connell. Like yeah. I, it's, I mean, look at, you know, the situation in Seattle and, you know, one of the Seattle guys is now in Tampa. So it's like a, you know, combination mixture of all of these guys across the league yeah. who have really just, um, you know, imprinted this t- type of offense. It's, That's kind of what I want to see. Before. I mean, Jim Caldwell came in midseason with the Ravens and, and got that thing going. Remember the Super Bowl year? And it's a while back, but it's not unprecedented. And Frank's going to be continued to be. Look, it's the first question that comes up, and I'm reluctant to ask it because I know what he's going to say. And I know enough people are in the building that are telling me how Frank's thinking. And I know enough people that know Frank's background to know that he's going to be really reluctant, not as an ego mechanism, but just like there's a control factor to this that he feels like it's the best thing for the team. Uh, maybe he feels like Brown needs a little more time. Maybe Brown has not raised his hand and said, I'm ready to do this. Maybe that hasn't even been discussed, but they need to they, case, yeah. I mean, yeah, but like the, there is some intrigue about that with what McVeigh was able to do with golf early in his career with these in his ear. As far as I understand now from asking somebody with the Panthers last night, and maybe this is not breaking news to you, Billy, but it's it Frank's in his ear. It's not the passover to to because that was my initial thought. This clock issue, maybe the plays are going to McCown and the McCown's talking to Young. Um look, it's Frank's team, and like I respect his ability to to, to guide teams and to be a quarterback um, uh, specialist in a way, but it's not like it's a sterling track record all across the board there. He's had some really good moments and some unfortunate moments as a coach. And look, this, I, I would say this, you can't keep doing these equivalencies like, <laughs> well, Frank Reich has started one and four and one and three. Well, these are much different situations, much different. Um, I, I Bryce, looks overwhelmed out there and it's not to say that he is overwhelmed he looks overwhelmed because he is facing a lot of pressure five man rushes six man rushes at times and press coverage from guys that can't get open and uh the two of the longest plays of the season for the panthers two of the four longest plays have been bryce young scrambles billy (laughs) bryce young scrambles two of the top four explosive plays 24 yards 26 yards and uh 16 yards they have three plays over 20 yards. So, again, I'm not, we're not drilling a hole in this. We know what the team has got to do. They've got a shot at Seattle. I mean, they got a shot every week. You go in there, it's a team that gave up a lot of points last week to a much better Detroit offense, but uh, we'll talk about that game later. It is, again, I wanted to get that off my chest because I don't want people to think I'm a pawn for the team. I'm going to keep it real here on the show, and they know that. It's fair. 
all tough guys. There's other people that used to work in that building that are no longer there, maybe out Midwest, a little more sensitive. It's not how they roll there. They're, they understand you can take a punch. So, uh, Andy Dalton, what are we doing here, Billy, with the goal line stuff? Talk to me about that. Well, yeah, even just going back to that operation, I mean, you bring in Dalton and Cade Mays gets a false start, and now you're forced <laughs> to kick a long field goal. Yes, I, I mean, that really yeah. just – it's so many things just frustrating. Yeah. and. I actually don't mind, though, Dalton bringing him in for short yardage. I really don't. He trusted him. He did it with Brissett. Yeah, he did it with Brissett. I mean, other teams, I mean, the Browns did it with Brissett last year, too, even when uh, Watson was a starter. So I have zero problem using using Dalton in that situation. Um, I guess. I mean, Bryce is not built for that, and it's just more the narrative that he's too small to play, and I don't even care about that narrative. It's whatever it takes to get the yard, get the yard. Um yeah, and then they did the flip 90 play off that or the edge, and it, it worked. And that's that's good creative stuff. I mean, it's not all bad here, but the offensive line looks lost, Billy. I mean, I'm watching the tape again, and I'm really paying attention to just where they are. They don't look like they're having a good time here. I mean, how could you? You're dropping back 40 times against a really decent front that likes to get after it, pin the ears back. With Chenault, here's another guy that, you know, you're, I, I liked his involvement. I, I, I just would like them to keep him confined to where he's best because – you kind of telegraph immediately what he's going to do for you. They know what he's not going to do. He's not going to be a boundary guy. He's not going to be running posts. He's going to be, you know, the orbit motion, quick screen hitter and, you know, jet sweep and, and Debo-esque light type of guy. And he's good at that. Um, Just line him up in the backfield. Line him up. I would. And they bench. Just turn him into a second running back. Like there's no need to overcomplicate. I get they bench Blackshear. He is not an NFL wide receiver. He will never be an NFL wide receiver. That's just not his game. He is a very good player when the ball is in his hands, but the issue is getting the ball in his hands. As a running back, just give him the ball. You know, let it play out. And I think it's you have a lot more options as far as your creativity with him. When he is lined up in the backfield, you can go play action or on a screen to him. Mm-hmm. You can go play action. He can run a wheel route. He can get in the backfield and he can want to run a wheel route where he's not facing press coverage. You no. can have him run a middle Texas route or a flat it, route. It's it's a good Make him a running back. Yeah. He is not a wide receiver, period. That is not going to help the situation. He just isn't. That's not his game. That's never who he's been. No. In college, he struggled. And in the NFL, yeah. it's carried over. Yeah. He is a running back, and that should be where his position is. Debo Samuel is not a very good comparison for him because Debo Samuel oh, is I a know. very good wide uh, receiver. Thought, yeah. He's Debo can do everything, but you know, in terms of the run element, short areas. I mean, I, I, there's a probably better comp out there. I'm watching a play right now on tape where he's lined up at fullback. I mean, and it's a lead. It's a lead run play, and they're running away from the lead block side. It's just little things like that that. Yeah, even, that, even like, like like Al Wallace last night was looking at it and he's like, "What the hell are they doing?" Like they run, it's a dot the eye formation. He's running right on the lead block, and Sanders runs left into a pile of garbage. Um, yeah, just get just pound the ball to him, give him the rock, yeah. and see where it goes. Yeah, but he shouldn't be lined up as a fullback lead block in the wrong way. I mean, just <laughs> I don't know. It's long season. Um, this is not how I thought we'd be spending the first couple weeks. I I actually thought. One of the bigger issues would be uh, teams would be just absolutely running rough shot over this defensive line. Um, they've been decent. Taysom Hill got some uh, fun yards last night out of that, and that was smart by Dennis Allen. They knew the game, they knew what they were up against, and they took they took the, a physical guy like Chenault, and they're 
court, I guess. Bad comp there, but that's the closest thing I'd think of that Carolina would have. Dot the eye back there and just let him take off and run some power game and get yeah, easy. Yeah, that's the thing with Taysom. He's a good runner. He's a good runner. And um, Carolina has is, is got a couple athletes like that, but, you know, they're, they're not going to – I, Frank, we're going to find out how rigid he is. I, I didn't follow his career in Indy that closely. I know there was a game against Tampa where I think there was an RPO controversy. Like, was there a game where he wasn't giving the ball to Taylor? And he had a big press conference afterwards, and he talked real extensively about the RPO game. I don't remember specifically, but I know there have been times that where his— doesn't really his, ring a bell yeah, for me. His play calling has come under fire at times. I think it was more about the, the Wentz thing. Um, and how he, he felt like that was the quarterback and they kept going in circles. But I keep going back and I try to look at some old like indie tape like over the offseason and I've just stopped doing that. It's like because this is a brand new operation. There's a lot of pieces that weren't there with Frank, um, but he's got the play sheet. And it look, something's got to give it. You got what you got weapons wise. I, I don't want to overblow this thing in that these guys are complete poverty. They're probably bottom end in terms of skill receivers in the league. We know that. Um, and I'm not going to apologize for saying that as a group. Go prove it wrong. Go have 100-yard games. Get loose. Get, you know, you get open. And then the protection's got to uh, uh, get in alignment with these route concepts that are taking four, four or five seconds. Uh, I'm looking at something real quick from Mike Kay. He tweeted this out from the Panthers, a, a depth chart update. And to your point, um, Chenault is not – listed as a back um it's i mean i didn't expect that but they've they've updated the depth chart and now they've got uh terrace is buried on the depth chart now it's weird amir marset is second string wide receiver I, i'm just looking at this right now off the cuff but yeah it's man i don't know bill we'll talk about the defense in a minute i guess but offensively i was thinking about you last night we were texting and and i know is we you and I kind of censor our text for the show here because we let it fly on the on the phone there. But this is not good football. We know that, and uh, they know that. Hell, they they know that. They don't want to look like this. But can they be better than this? Like you said, is there anything available out there, with the exception of the guards coming back or one of them, that makes them better? You got to change your your approach here. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yep, totally agree. Um, defensively, I mean, look, it uh, it wasn't perfect, but it was certainly winning football. 
Yeah. Like, I don't think anyone could disagree with that. I mean, anytime you can sack the quarterback, what was it, six times? Um, Let me uh, take a look. Uh, well, they've got it credited as three. Um, yeah, oh, they had, really? Yeah, they had three. Well, no, they let me. No, that's not right. Hold on. LeVue had two. Uh, Gruje Hill had one. Justin Houston and YGM split one. Yeah, it's only three. They hit the quarterback uh, more than that. But that's what I'm sorry. The, the Panthers uh, stat chart here. Yeah, it was three, but they got to him a lot. Yeah, go ahead, Bill. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, I'm just going to say, like, obviously, you know, Derek Carr and the uh, Saints offense, um, you know, they put up a bunch of yards, um, you know, 341 yards. But, uh, you know, as far as, like, this defense is concerned, I thought they certainly made plays, enough plays to win this game. And that's just, like, you know, the really disappointing thing about last night. And, um, I mean, you wasted a good defensive effort. And certainly – you're playing without J.C. Horn. Um, you're played the majority game without Jack Thompson. And you just had players come in and step up. And uh, again, I mean, Henderson and Jackson, they each gave up long pass receptions. But, you know, I thought Henderson was in really good coverage against Olave. He, he just made an excellent was. catch. And, yep. you know, Jackson bit on the double move to yeah. Shahid late in that fourth quarter. and The same play uh, they ran last week against Tennessee. Yeah, so, I mean, credit to Carr and Shahid for doing that, you know, two weeks in a row and the clutch. Um, but, no, I, I mean, I don't think – I mean, Derek Carr did not play well last night. He he was he was struggling. And, yeah. you know, the interception that he threw to Von Bell, Oof. it was just a very poor decision. And, Arm you know, at that point, I really felt that Carolina was getting into his head. Um, but, you know, look, it's – I just – I think – Yeah, but, Bill, I, real quick, Bill, right after the interception, what happened four plays later? Fumble. Yeah, that that's that's that the season the- in a nutshell. That's so irritating. Hey, it's John Ellis from the Roar Podcast, Blue Wire for PrizePicks.com. The most fun I've had winning up to twenty-five times my money this football season is right here at PrizePicks.com. You select two or more players, pick more or less on their projected stats, and place your entry. It's easy as that. Testing my skills on Prize Picks this football season. It's an exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. If you have the skills. You can turn 10 bucks into $250 with just a few taps. Prize Picks offers weekly promotions that can lead to big payouts like Taco Tuesday. Each Tuesday, Prize Picks discounts select player projections up to 25% to provide even more value. Prize Picks now offers Apple Pay for quick and easy deposits into your account this football season. This week on PrizePicks.com, I'm going with our old friend Christian McCaffrey. He's facing the Giants. I'm going more than 79 and a half rushing yards for the former Panthers back. On the other hand, Ramondre Stevenson for the Patriots going against the Jets. I'm going less than 50 and a half yards for the New England running back. It's time to get started. Go to prizepicks.com slash roar and use the code roar for your first deposit match of up to $100. Again, that's prizepicks.com slash roar. Use the code roar for a first deposit match of up to $100. Uh, but overall, like, it's just, um, yeah, it was very demoralizing for this defense because you just can't be on the field for that long. And they did, they really did do their best to try to keep them in the game as much as they could. Yeah. But I mean, look, you, I mean, you're holding a team to 20 points and you should still, you know, help them out. And this offense is partially the reason why Carolina, I mean, well, no, the offense is the reason why they lost the game. But I'm going to say the offense is also partially why the defense gave up 
you know, some scores at the end because yeah. they were just gassed. Yeah, it, it was kind of like, and not to the degree that it was in the Super Bowl against the Falcons and Patriots, but it kind of had that feel where the, the play count uh, distribution is 74 to 56 disparity. It was worse than that in the third quarter, and it was like two to one at one point. Embarrassingly uh, bad. Yeah. Uh, third downs were terrible again. They were 4-14, and some of that was late. For, again, first down production, at one point they were averaging .3 or 4 yards per play. They had several penalties on first down. Let's see, total penalties in this game, 6 for 35. That's improvement, but still not great. So they're plus 3 in the turnover. I'm sorry, plus 3 in the penalty uh, margin. Uh, turnovers uh, were even, but again, they, they it literally was an even turnover game because here, I gift you an arm punt, and then, oh yeah, you're going to fumble. It's just... They made it way too hard there. But, no, you're right. They were gassed. They were rotating guys in. And, you know, I don't have any official word on this, and I don't even want to speculate. I don't want to start a, a shitstorm on this show because he's a polarizing guy for a lot of people. But Brian Burns was was seen often uh, and early and often in that fourth quarter rotating in and out of the lineup, and it didn't look like something was quite right. I, I do not even want to speculate if it was a hamstring or just a minor. I reached out to the team. There was no official uh, report on an injury, and and I've reached out to some of our colleagues here with the media, and there's nothing they've heard. I talked to Brian personally after the game, after the gaggle ended, and I just you know dapped him up and said, "You doing okay? Everything good?" Seemed like he was good. He's a he's, again, I like him a lot, um, and I don't think that was a contract ploy at all. At all, I want to get that off the table. I think there's something that he was dealing with physically in that moment that wasn't on the injury report necessarily, but. That was interesting to see that you know, like YGM and, and others were getting snaps and it's late in the game. you got to get a stop. Um, I thought his, honestly, Burns, to be fair, it wasn't his best game, but he had some nice pressures. He, he good, was fine. I don't think he was great I, or anything. I, I, I thought it was a decent game. I don't think he did as well as he did week one. Um, but you I, know. I will say, I mean, it was a pretty interesting, and again, defensively they were good, and I think the reason why Burns probably didn't have the production that – um, you know, may, may, many were expecting is that you know they lined him up on Ramchek's side, and that's the you know Ramchek is you know an All-Pro caliber yeah. offensive tackle. Yeah. Um, the weaker players on the other side with Penning, and so maybe they wanted to uh, give guys like Houston and YGM you know the opportunity to go against a more yeah. you know weaker they, and offensive tackle per se. And you know certainly Houston had you know plenty of flashes as a as an edge defender yeah, good. um but yeah no it was interesting because I, I thought mainly that burns when i was watching he was lined up on ram side and he definitely got that pressure for the first uh Louvu sack I, I didn't i don't really have many issues with burns's play i mean you know no, i'm not a, you know i'm not afraid to call him out i'm not um, either no but yeah, burns look yeah. when he has bad games he was fine I, I mean i joked with him last night i said where's the sex <laughs> where's damn sex He's fine. He's a good dude. He gets it. Um, and look, I don't know what kind of situation they're in with a contract. I don't really want to talk about it. That's that, That'll work itself out. Either he gets paid or he doesn't, and, and that's the business. Uh, he's a fine player, one of the better players at his position in the entire league, I do believe. Uh, I, I'm going to – I mean, I've been hyping him up all day. It's his birthday, but Frankie Louvu gets, like, my gold star of the week, if we, that's even a segment. <laughs> uh, I mean, Jesus. Uh, yeah, it's like gold star of the week presented by Prize Picks. Um, we'll, we'll workshop that one a little bit. Frankie Louvu, holy shit. How about holy shit gold star player of the week? Um, I don't want to overcook this, but Billy, I'm, I'm sitting there talking to a couple guys who used to play for this team, Eugene Robinson and, uh, and Al Wallace. And, and I'm 
thinking on my own, okay, what Frankie's doing in this game, it, it, it's not all-time great, but it's right there in line with some of the better linebacker performances we've seen. And they were echoing that. They said there's some stuff going on with Luvu, and it doesn't show it up in the stat sheet where he's getting in there and he's cracking the fullback. He's just relentless. He plays like Dan Morgan so much, Bill. He reminds me so much of Dan. And I hope he stays healthy. Three tackles for loss, two sacks, one of which was on just one of these Cody Alexander exotic <laughs> loops here where he's coming around and a great job uh, in terms of the pressure. Yeah, I mean, he's just he's running some games up there. He is emerging as a guy. And again, there's no need to even rank the, you know, he's the best defensive player, not Burns. I don't give a shit. He's really good. And he's a guy that, you know, that's Scott's issue to pay him what he's going to have to be paid. He was He's probably a Pro Bowl snub last year, and he's like at an all-pro type of level. I'm not going to be blasphemy and say he's on Fred Warner's level. That would be stupid. But he's emerging as a guy that you can count on. He's consistently around the ball. He doesn't make many mistakes. He wraps up. He's undercutting routes often. I mean, he's close to getting a pick six every time I watch him. I thought he was amazing last night. And I'm not even trying to be hyperbolic here. Two quarterback hits, three tackles for losses, two sacks. He was a tempo setter. And credit Burns for some of that for grabbing attention. I thought Sean Williams had a good game. I thought Xavier Woods was great. I thought uh, Bell was outstanding. Um, and then Shaq goes down with the injury, and there's consequences to that. I, I, I like Shaq a lot, Bill, but I, and I, I'm praying that he comes back healthy and plays again. That's a bad injury. Um, I'm not overly concerned about that, and that's not a knock on Shaq. I like their depth. I like uh, Gruje Hill. I, I don't know if I like him as much as Shaq, but I do like the fact they got Deion Jones stashed on the practice squad. Um, I, what are your thoughts on on Thompson? Because, I mean, th- does that, in your mind, gr- dramatically affect this defensive structure this year? Or do, do you feel like a guy that was drafted in 2015, again, not knocking him, um, I, I just don't see it as a catastrophic loss, but it is a yeah, catastrophic no injury for him. Yeah, I, I don't see this as a catastrophic loss whatsoever, with all due respect to him. And obviously, you know, hate to see injuries, but oh, absolutely, his impact uh, as a player—it's been kind of marginal the past couple of years. Yeah, um, you know, just even despite you know him receiving multiple contract extensions or contract reworkings, uh, I just think like under the Phil Snow defensive administration. Um, you know, they didn't really put a lot of stress on the linebackers yeah. as a whole. And I think we were seeing something similar with, um, you know, Ivaro's defense where maybe the linebackers aren't necessarily like your Luke Keekley, Thomas Davis, um, you know, Navarro Bowman, Patrick yep. Willis type totally of agree. impacts. So, look. Um, He's not a liability, I, I, I but no it's a bit of a misfit. Yeah, I, I had no issues with the linebackers when he went out. Let's just say that. I think, you know, there's an opportunity there. Um, and again, Grugier Hill's had some good production over the years. He maybe fits what they want to do better. I'm not saying they're trying to squeeze Shaq out. He was the starter, the incumbent. He's a team captain. It sucks. But this is a football show, and we break down football. And I'm telling you right now, there's been some moments in games where guys, even like Burns and Shaq and guys that we revere as the the core of this team, have not had terrific moments in the run game in particular. And I, I again, you're drafted in 2015. That's a long time ago. Um, and I think you'll come back. Chin's an interesting one, Bill. Because I mean, I'm just being real. Because this is he's a coverage liability in that in that role. Um, no, it, I agree. I, I don't I don't necessarily think he's perfect whatsoever. But he did make a really nice play when he 
oh, you know, no, no. coming on that blitz and then got his hand up. And I, I mean, that just shows you his athleticism. He's a freak. He's so, a, and he, he's basically he, he plays downhill. But who would you take? Plan is for him. Yeah, who you take out of the game in that in that hybrid linebacker role? You're not taking Luvu out. I mean, you've got you know, how many linebackers are you going to play in this? You're playing nickel most of the time. So he's he's sitting there in a position where you're playing so much eleven personnel in this league. Uh, he's not going to match up against. Remember the old days against like Cleveland, where Thomas Davis was lined up on a slot receiver with Ron, and it was so frustrating. <laughs> like it's the same kind of feel. It's like they're not going to put him in that situation. I, I I commend the coaching staff on the defensive side for look. He's a he's a kind of I think he's a team captain. Maybe he's one of the core guys for a while. Um, and it's tough to see it for him. But football-wise, it's the right decision. This brings me to like my final point when, as we wrap up this game, you know, it's really, really tough for any NFL team to go short week, Monday night football, West Coast trip. Yeah. All right. I know they won there last year, but the reason, well, one of the reasons was they were coming off a bye. So they were able to, you know, rest a week, then travel True. to the West Coast and they had a lot of success running the ball in Seattle. So Seattle couldn't stop the run. This, Their run defense sucked last year too. It's it's certainly improved this year, yep. but pass defense wise, it's has it been good. And I'm just going to call it right now, folks. The get right game. I'm not projecting this pass offense to have a get right game until oh. I see it just once. Yeah. And I'm just all I'm asking for is 200 yards passing. Yeah, and, that's that 200 is kind of the. The, the baseline number you need to hit in the NFL to be considered a productive offense. I mean, you can't keep living in 90 yards passing in the third quarter. Yeah, no, it, it's, it's, it's terrible. I mean, 146 and 153. No, it sucks, game. but it's, it's not good. It's indicative of um, what they've got to deal with right now. So, yeah, no, I just, I see this game upcoming with the Seahawks. It's a very, very tough. It's what, um, you know, a lot of NBA fans will call a schedule loss just because short week travel to the West coast, uh, to face Seattle, which is coming off a win, and they're obviously yeah. they were projected to be a good team this year. They had you know a struggle week one, but yeah, I don't I don't know. I I think this is uh, going to be a very tough opponent, and then the next three weeks after that, mm. with the Vikings coming into town, yeah. you have the lot. You have to go to Detroit. You have to go to Miami. Revenge game. <laughs> I, I mean, those are like and McDaniel. Yeah, you know, I'm that's... just I'm gonna be real with you. You're looking potentially at an 0-6 start. You could be. I would love to be wrong. Well, I mean, that's the reality of where they are. They're, they're already a third of the way there. So, I mean, you've already you've spent some cash already, if you will. And if you want to look at the league that way, which I used to as a teenager, like, oh, we've already spent $2. We've lost two games. Now we can't spend any at the end of the year. That's that's a very basic way of looking at it. Again, I'm, I'm one week at a time, Johnny, so it's all on Seattle. But, no, you look ahead, and I've seen that schedule. And I know it's ahead. That schedule can change fast with one injury here or there. But, man, even if Miami has one injury or two injuries, they're still markedly better. So is uh, Minnesota. And, again, I know they're not loaded with defensive talent. They've overturned the roster a lot. But Brian Flores scares the living hell out of me with what he might do schematically. I mean, they'll just go cover zero. You know? I mean, who's going to get free on that? I mean, again, I don't even think they've got tremendous defensive backs. But who cares? Until, like you said... This is not a knock on the players or Frank. It's the reality. You, you got to show us something. And and maybe they will. And uh, this team does that with us. It has over the years. Like all of a sudden last year, remember they went to L.A. and got boat raced. And it was just if Robbie Anderson got barked off the field. I'm like, oh, boy, let's this is Perry Fuel season all over again. And and Steve proved to be more than competent. Even in that, they got 
killed by the Bengals on the road. And the, the Steelers that came into town. schedule loss. Yeah, exactly. So it's not all perfect, but, like, things can turn fast, but this team has to, like Steve did with that team last year, give them credit. They, they flipped their identity, and they, they decided, okay, look, this is not complicated. If I'm Frank Reich, I'm like, look, I'm Frank Reich. This is my offensive structure. I almost feel like, and I don't know Frank enough to know if this is the case. It feels like, Billy... Bryce, this is the shit. We're running it, and he doesn't cuss. But this is the stuff. We're running it. I'm not making any changes. Get used to it. You've got to learn it. And a lot of coaches like Gruden have been like that over the years. I don't know if Frank is that rigid or not. I don't know his history that well. But through two games, it feels like it. Um, it the, the amount of pass-to-run ratio in a close game like that was was really discouraging. With the lack of a better word out there, really discouraging. For an offensive line that works too damn hard, put them in that situation where they're, you know, <laughs> spinning around like tops like that against a front that's still very good, line up and just hit him in the mouth and see what you can get. You had some runs early. So that's what I do in Seattle. You go there, who knows what the weather will be? I don't know yet, but that's a team that they're a little better in the run game. I know Jamal Adams is questionable. Mike Morris, boy, Mafe questionable. They'll probably play. Um, Pete Carroll is an intense coach. He knows how to get guys up for big challenges. And, you know, they're looking to, I'm sure, um, be the latest team to, to kind of put a knock on this number one overall pick. You got a, a target on your back when you're the big guy. So, um, but again, I want to emphasize the last thing I'm worried about with this team right now is, is the things we saw on tape from this quarterback. And I still see those flashes on tape. I just don't see enough consistency around him to give him opportunities to hit those Mingo shots on the sale route consistently. Um, that's not on Bryce and this front office and coaching staff either needs to weather the storm this year with what they have and simplify the plan to 25 passes a game or some Matt Rule stat. I don't know what you do, but you, you get back to bully ball. But who are your bullies? I mean, can Miles do it? It was a much different structure. You had Jalen Hurts run conflict offense last year that really helped Miles with that in that offensive line. So I'm just telling you right now, this is not last year. This is not assuming you can go into Seattle and run for 200 yards. Much different year. Um, and this is not to be discouraging, man. I, I put a lot of stuff out there about my positivity about Bryce, my optimism about Bryce. Um, but like you said, best a couple of weeks ago, the measurement of success is not necessarily eight, nine, ten wins. It's are we seeing a movement upward with Bryce's game, his development? And that's what these coaches were paid a lot of money to come do, the all-star cast, with Caldwell, too, in the mix. So if they can't do it... Um, might be kind of a mind fuck, excuse the word, but to, to bring him in and have all this coaching around him, but then he's got two new guards in and no separation with the weapons. They got to figure that out. And he's got to be mentally tough enough to handle it and go through what Burrow did early in his career. And I have no doubt he can, but I hate it for him, man. He deserves a little better than this. Yeah. Um, yeah. Getting back to this point about rebuild or not rebuild. Look, here's what I'll say. If you just, Allow me to indulge myself here. All right. Look, a rebuild, in my definition, is what is currently taking place in Arizona, what is currently taking place in Chicago to an extent. This franchise, under this you know, front office, nothing that they've done in the past you know, six months has indicated that this is a rebuild. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if they started trading players and accumulating draft picks, then maybe I can kind of get on board with that. But right now, this is not a rebuild, folks. 
You don't pay Miles Sanders, Adam Thielen, DJ right. Chark, Justin Houston, and all these other veterans that you signed. Von Bell. Von Bell. You don't sign all of these players. DJ Chark. Vet- yeah, I mentioned him. Sorry, these veteran sorry. players. Hayden Hurst. And <laughs> think that this is a rebuild. Like, those players aren't coming here for a rebuild. They didn't go to Arizona for good reason because they know it's a rebuild there. Yep. And I just – I don't see this as a rebuild whatsoever. We have to get that out of our thinking. If Carolina started trading assets and picking up, um, you know, draft picks, then maybe I can change my mind. But right now, as far as this franchise is concerned, they are not going through a rebuild. Yeah. I don't know what this is. I mean, I just think this is a normal football operation. They're just going through the season. Yeah. I hate that um, term to begin the, with. I hate it. It's like game manager. I just hate the stupid term rebuild. It is, it's just, I don't, it, it, it's just where they're at. I mean, look, it, there was a lot of changes from last season. That doesn't mean they downgraded necessarily. That means they changed a lot. It might, my point about this would be I don't think they're in a rebuild and I, they're in a reboot. Oh, God. I think they're just changing everything. They've changed the entire offensive structure. It's entirely new except for Campen, and that's fair, and Tabor. And those are important guys, but new quarterback coach, new wide receiver coach, new offensive line coach, uh, I mean, sorry, new uh, new running back coach, new coordinator, and new head coach, uh, among other things. And um, I, I still think marrying this system and the scheme with the, the new – core of receivers versus the past couple of years along with this offensive line that's not familiar necessarily with this scheme maybe i'm overcomplicating maybe they are maybe it's like you know what it's a copycat league um what's the right way to do it to compromise what we believe is our core system and 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 scheme and go back to what worked for these guys and hold their hand through it that's not the right way to do it frank's system has to work but it's certainly whatever the system is, it can't have the run pass ratio in a close game like that. Um, it's not I, I don't look at it like a rebuild. No, I, this team, you're a couple turnovers away from being possibly one and one, two and oh. All right. Let's get to a few questions here that, um, you know, some yeah. listeners have. And uh, let's start here with um, Gregory is goat on Twitter asks, um, I ask this respectfully as I may be missing something, but what is number 26 doing when he tries to tackle? I saw him flying through the air on so many plays, but never making contact with the target. Seems like a poor matchup when we play teams with all-star wide receivers. Talk about Dante Jackson? Um, yeah, number 26 will be Dante Jackson. Um, I mean, there's, there's on occasion, Dante will... I mean, I guess you're talking about a tunnel screen maybe or something or, or, or the, the long route that they broke. I, okay, I remember now. Yeah, that was a bad one. Um, Dante's actually, I think he's pretty good in run support as a force defender at times. CJ, not so much. And that's just what I've seen on tape. Now, Dante's not the best I've ever seen. Ken Lucas remains the best I've ever seen in that department, the GOAT for this team. Um, Dante's a cover guy. I mean, look, hes it's hard to ask a guy of that size to come down and and I guess in the passing game, yeah, he could be a little better in that department. But I think in the run game, he's actually halfway decent in terms of, you know, force defense. But I I, I appreciate the question. That's probably number 51 on my yeah. list of important things to monitor for this team. But it's, no, it's a good question. I definitely, I definitely don't. Um, in my opinion, I think his aggressiveness works against him at times. You saw that in the double move. Sure. Um, I mean, he's a pretty inconsistent player. Let's just keep it real. Yeah. But. Um, but I mean, he he definitely fits you know a modern NFL defense, and 
Uh, I mean, he certainly had flashes last night too. He didn't necessarily um, play terribly outside of that last, um, you know, that outside of that he, play. He had some he, good moments in tight coverage. I thought. I don't think yeah. like I think he's on Thomas a couple times. Thomas had one nice play down the boundary, but you know, here's the thing: Dante, like, if he gets hurt, I mean, we we agree that he's pretty inconsistent and he says ups and downs, but he's still a starter caliber guy in this league. And they're just, they're, they're pretty thin out there. Um, so that's, that's um, next on the plate. Other questions yep. here that uh, I think we've already mentioned, but I'll just uh, go through them quickly. Um, if things go really bad, do you seriously consider trading some players for draft picks? I think we just answered that with your discussion on yeah. Chin and Burns. Yeah. I don't think it has to go badly either. I think maybe uh, that's something that's proactively you, you're thinking of. Scott Fitter is a track record to this. That's all I'll say. Um, another question. Uh, if the team is near the bottom before the trade deadline, would you try to move the the players if you were the GM? I think we've mentioned uh, Chin and um, yeah. Burns as two guys that, again, we wouldn't do it, but two guys that Scott would given their situation right now. One of them is not getting snaps. Another one is in a contract dispute. They could be, um, you know, trade deadline candidates. And following up on that, another question was about Chin's uh, snap count dropping. Um, yeah. All right, here's a question from uh, Terrell Jones at TJ1124. Cool. In your opinion, how much of what we see on the field offensively comes down to scheme and or execution, or do yeah. we just not have the right players in the team at the moment? Like I can answer the- this. I think – and there's another question here about who is to blame for the Panthers' offensive struggles. <laughs> Everyone. Yeah, thank you. That's what it's, it's all of it. The quarterback, the offensive line, the running backs, the – tight ends, the pass catchers, the coaches. Yeah. Everyone is responsible for this. And obviously the front office for, you know, assembling this talent. Um, I don't necessarily think it's just one area. I think the offensive line was acceptable. I'm not saying they were good. Week one. I would just say that they were acceptable. Decent last Um, night. Not bad. Um, another question that we've kind of already touched on, where does uh you know this is from Bridget Stockdale, she says that uh where does Shaq Shaq's injury leave us in terms of those that are available to fill a spot. I think we went over that. Yeah, Deion um, Jones and Cruz Yeah, Hill, those guys. Uh, you know, here's a good question from Joey JG underscore Radman. Understanding that there are weaknesses in offense through these first two weeks, but are we maybe slightly overlooking the Falcons and St. defenses a little? Yep, two defenses that have yet to give up a 200 yard passer. I feel like. All divisional games this year will be a grind for yards. This is actually a good question, and I might have a pretty good answer for you because again, I don't disagree with him at all. By the way, no, I was talking again to our our scouting friend who knows a bit about Frank, and he's been around Philadelphia, and he talked about this. And um, here, here's what he had to say, and I want to pull it up. He said, "I think the defenses they played against are really tough on any rookie, let alone one without no weapons to distribute the ball." That system, talking about uh, the systems we face, New Orleans and Atlanta, that system is built on really tight coverage, excellent leverage, alignment and maintenance and coverage, and stout run defense. It's designed to do exactly what it did to a rookie quarterback. The way to beat it is through a quarterback-driven run game, and they don't have that. So I thought that was a pretty salient summary. And, yeah, they're similar in scope. Brian Nielsen, obviously, they've got connections there. And, of course, Dennis Allen is uh, – I don't know who the D.C. is. I probably should, but Dennis is still – probably you know the head of the class there in terms of that and he did a good job last night i mean it's not a hard d it's not a hard offense to defend right now um it's not and this is not the best they'll face but yeah those are good defenses give them credit i think i think you especially john you have a lot of respect for dennis allen as a defensive coordinator i do i do i mean he's and i have a lot of respect for 
Ryan Nielsen. I mean, and Arthur Smith as well. And Arthur, look, he is as much of a defensive offensive coach as you'll find because he understands from the Vrabel tree, like, look, you get a lead, you grind it. He's a little bit of that John Fox mentality. Loved he does, but he did some crazy stuff the other day. He did. Too. I don't the know the, the camera shot with him freaking out. <laughs> no, did you see him going for a fourth and two when yeah. they're down one yeah. point and yeah. they just need a field goal but it's fourth and one? He, he Arthur had a little too much of the Jameson. <laughs> I don't know what's going on, man. That mustache yeah. might be wearing on his head, but I mean, they're 2-0 and their defense is, is doing enough. I was kind of surprised they won that game. The Green Bay had a two-possession lead and yeah, that's tough too, and it's part of this equation too. I mean, if you're a divisional, you know, like nut like we are, and you see your divisional rivals all two and oh, it's been the worst of everything. Everybody's winning. Baker's winning there. If you're into that sort of stuff and you don't have the blinders on, yeah, I can see where fans are just really salty right now because your team is expected to be in the hunt, and it's not over. But it's like you said, Billy. These aren't like 350 yard passing days that are coming up short in this league. If you're passing for 150, 200 yards, and you're losing, but your defense is playing great. I mean, my, my, that might not be the, the best first-year introduction to the NFL for Bryce, and I'm not saying this is going to wreck his career. I'm just saying this this doesn't get easy overnight. Last question here, um, Eric Buck on Eric Twitter, Buck. Eric Buck LV. How do you run offense seemingly built on the quick game but with players who consistently fail to create separation, gain yak, or even successfully block a DB on a screen pass. Well, I mean that's that's I mean that's a little harsh. I don't think it's all that bad, but it's it's <laughs> it's it comes down to execution. So far, and honestly, execution is on the coaches just as much as on the players. Yeah, yeah, it is. And so far, I mean, so far in the short sample size, eight quarters of tape, it's been kind of that bad. So that's fair. He's got to scheme things up. You got to understand, you know, what you have and how to use it. You got to understand that you paid Miles to not come in here, obviously, and understanding what your limitations would be. These guys aren't idiots. Frank knew coming in what these two defenses were capable of. He knew the limitations at guard. Um, he was obviously determined to stick with the passing game and try to hit some shot plays and hope the front could hold up in this game. Overall, it's just got to get more balanced and. Um, I don't know. I mean, or do they have anybody? Like, I don't want to be. Is, is Shy done for the year? Did he get cut? Shy Tuttle. Shy Smith. He's gone, right? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. And and so That's like, and Demir Bird is is done, right? He's IR for the season. Yeah, I don't so, see. And Marcet Smith is is you know look preseason champ, and I I don't see that developing. So look, speed is speed, and you talked about that, but just having, you know, a guy that just. <laughs> A Jordan Todman speedster that can run nine routes, that's not solving the issue. It's all about getting loose and, and being able to separate, and it's not all about speed in that department. It, I think it'll get better. I, I, it's This seems like the kind of thing where, like, look, Steichen and Richardson, let me just speak on that for a minute. That was a match made in heaven on draft night. I think you and I texted about it like, okay, Hurts, Steichen's offense, it makes sense. That's a team right now that can, look, by virtue of being able to move the chains and they're in second and three, second and two consistently. That's everything in this league. Everything. It's the foundation of it. It, it. Especially if you're not like, you know, just bombs away Miami. You could just at any moment hit up a cheat code. Carolina doesn't have that right now. They're not committed to it and they don't have it. They're in second and nine plus consistently. It's, it's back where we were kind of in that 2021 zone with Matt rule, that giants game. Um, this team is not that bad. This coaching staff is not that bad, but you are what you are. So, like you said, Bill, my final word on this is, you know, this is tough talk, 
I don't want to depress any Panthers fans. See if this team can go prove it and then build some confidence because it's not really about us. It's about the team building their own confidence from within and getting that quarterback's confidence up. Fans will be fine. Fans are going to watch games, drink beer, have a good time. Hey, look, it's been a tough road. Carolina fans, just hang in there, man. I mean, we say it every year. This is a bit of an unexpected bump in the road early in the season with a rookie quarterback, with uh, all this offensive firepower on the coaching staff. For Billy Marshall, I'm John Ellis. This has been the Roar Podcast. We'll be back with you in a few days to give you a preview of Seahawks-Panthers. How about that game? Big-time game out west. Uh, we want to thank prizepicks.com for sponsoring this fine show. See you next time on Blue Wire. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.